This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's the Mike Francesa Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa Podcast, brought to you exclusively by the good folks at Bet Rivers for all of your gambling needs, especially during the NCAA tournament. Go to BetRivers.com. You can win prizes. You can win all kinds of uh, promotions they have going right now. Uh, and remember, uh, for all of your wagering needs, it's Bet Rivers in New York and New Jersey. Play Sugar House in Connecticut. All right, some wild going-ons here. Let's start with the crazy, crazy injury of the moment, and that is with Diaz. Hey, this is why, this is why it is so ridiculous to play an exhibition before you're going to start an 162-game schedule. I know you say nobody gets hurt, and this could have happened to Diaz anywhere, but it didn't. It happened to Diaz celebrating a victory in the World Baseball Classic, and now the Mets are without their closer. So the Mets, who spent all this money and had all these best laid plans, now wake up this morning and their closer has an injury that could cost them, realistically, could cost them the better part of the season. I mean, I I don't know exactly how long he's going to be out yet. Let's wait and see how long they say. But let's be honest, we're talking about a major injury here. We're talking about a serious injury to his right knee uh, we don't know yet the severity of the damage, but it's not good. I mean, it's an ACL injury. We know that. This is going to take time, maybe a lot of time. This is the best closer in the sport right now. This team is built around this pitching staff with the top having spent a fortune on Verlander and Scherzer and now just signing Diaz to a new deal. That is the heart and soul of this Met team. And now we have them go off. Nobody likes their pitches to go off and play in this thing there. They don't even like their position players who have any age on them to go off and play on this thing. You can't do much about it because, you know, baseball's endorsing it. A lot of the players want it. But look at that. Look what it does to their season. I mean, this is a devastating blow for the Mets. It's not even calculable at this point. Until we know exactly where he is, in terms of this injury, but the bottom line is you know they are going to go through an extended period of the season, if not most of the season, without him. And he is irreplaceable. There's no money you can use right now to go buy somebody's closer. You might be able to do that in July. You can't do it now. And he was lights out. He is irreplaceable. This is a devastating blow to the Mets season. Devastating. And there's not even words to, to even express how outrageous this is. 
Is it unfortunate? Yes. Is it unlucky? Yes. But the bottom line is, you know what? You put something together like this and anything is possible. That's why I have said from the start, if I'm an owner, I don't want my players there. You don't like that? Tough. Baseball's looking to make a couple more bucks. Tough. I have a 162-game season to worry about, and I need to keep my players healthy. So let's just say the future of this event took a big hit when you have a player of that magnitude go down as he did. And I understand it's a freakish injury. So what? You could have been having a quiet night in Port St. Lucie. Here's where we stand right now. He'll have an MRI today to assess the injury. But sources have told everybody, including me, when I inquired, that he could miss a sizable portion of the season. And nobody has a timetable till we see the MRI. But it could be an extended period. And let's be honest. Remember, to get his arm back in shape after he is immobilized is going to take, when he's healthy, another six to eight weeks. You're looking at a long time, and you're looking at just damage that cannot be fixed. There's no way to replace Diaz. None. There's no player to replace him with. There's nobody on the team to replace him with. There's nobody in the league to replace him with. Devastating. The Mets, I mean the Jets and Aaron Rodgers. All right, we learned a couple of things yesterday from Rogers. He gave us his spin on Pat's show. Here's the bottom line. He's ready to go to the Jets. What we don't have is what we thought we had. Last week, everybody who was reporting on this, and I must have seen three or four people report on this and say, oh, the deal's done. Now it's up to Rogers. That's what we heard for days. Turns out, deal's not done. And you heard Rogers say yesterday, I want to play for the Jets. I told them I would play for the Jets. Packers don't want me. I understand that now. I will play for the Jets. He wants to get paid. But they don't have a deal. Now the question is, who is going to blink first? We haven't really adequately heard what the demands are. This is now a showdown. The Packers are saying to the Jets, if you don't have Rodgers, you have no season next year. You have no quarterback. And the Jets are saying to the Packers, hey, clock's ticking. And you know what comes up next? A $59 million check to Rodgers that you don't want to pay. And the clock is tick, tick, tick towards you paying him that money. 
So who blinks first? I think if the Jets will play the game to the fullest extent, the Packers will blink. They don't want Rodgers. They want to move on. In their minds, they have already moved on as an organization, and they don't want to pay him. Now, what's a victory here? To me, the Jets cannot give up a number one pick. They cannot give up their first-round pick this year. I've, I know some people will think, oh, if we give them a one down the road, it won't be a high one, so we'll give them next year's one and we'll live with that. Uh-uh. No ones. You want to give up a two in this deal? Fine. He's worthy of that. You want to make some conditions and make them conditional picks based on performance, based on play, based on number of games? Go ahead. You want to give yourself some insurance if it's only a one-year deal? Go ahead. Write all that stuff in. But the bottom line is, what is the exact payment that has to be made? You're not getting any good players off my roster. That's out. And we're not acting like this is a guy who is in his prime and is a superstar. If you go back three or four years ago and you were trading Rodgers, you would have been talking about the biggest bundle of players ever. You would have been talking about maybe... I don't want to say three number ones because I don't think anybody would ever trade three number ones, but I would say two number ones plus other things. Players, picks. It would have been two number ones plus, and it would have been a worthy deal. But right now, the Jets don't know how long Rodgers is going to play. Number two, they can at least claim slippage, even though I don't think there's been any real slippage. They can claim slippage in the negotiation because I would. Hey, look, his numbers are down. His performance was down. He's getting old. He's finally over the He's finally headed downward. Do I believe that? No. Do the Jets believe it? No. I don't believe it either. I think he's got plenty of football left in him, but I'm not going to say that to the Packers. And, hey, you know what, Green Bay? You don't want him. And the clock is ticking. You already told them you don't want him. You close the door in his face. He's going to be nothing but a nightmare for you now. And you got to write him the check. And you have to write him the check soon. So to me, that puts the leverage in this negotiation. And that's all that's left here is how much the Jets are going to get held up for Rodgers. Rodgers is coming to the Jets. We know that. Packers made it very clear they don't want him. The Jets want him. He said yes to the trade. He's coming. The question is, who is going to blink first? I think the longer it goes, the longer the Jets hold out on the deal, they will win. The quicker the deal gets done, favors the Packers. The shorter the de- the, the longer the deal takes, favors the Jets. So I know Jet fans, you want it done yesterday, 
But the longer it goes, it favors you because the clock is ticking. And it means you are not giving in to what they want. They have made their demand. The Jets have said no, obviously, to their demands. Otherwise, there would have been a deal already. So the deal, I don't know what that holdup is. If I had a guess, I'd say it's probably a number one pick. But I don't know that. If it's somebody on the roster who's really good, you're not getting them. So that's out. You're not getting one of my good players. And I don't want to give up that first-round pick this year because I have plans for it. But that's a story for another day. But do I think Rodgers is coming now? I do. Am I happy he's coming? Yes. I think he's going to be really a big, big attraction. It's going to be very exciting. The Jets are going to be must-watch every moment of the day. The Jets are going to be a big story in this league now. They're going to be prime time in every way, something they haven't been in a long, long time. They are going to matter. And I think that they are a legitimate contender. There's Kansas City. There's Cincinnati. There's Buffalo. But to me, the Jets, with their defense and with what they can put together on offense, getting Hall back healthy, having Wilson, piecing the offensive line back together again. I think with that and adding a couple of pieces, I think they could be a legitimate threat to Kansas City's supremacy in the AFC. I think they are a Super Bowl threat. I think they make the playoffs, and I think they are a Super Bowl threat. I think Rodgers' first year will be sensational. Before I get to the emails, I want to mention something that I think because of the reaction I've been getting is, was blown somehow out of proportion or was misunderstood. You know, I probably shouldn't have mentioned this, but talking about Bill Self coming back, having had the stents put in, and I'm not sure if he got one stent or more than one stent. I'm not sure if he got multiple stents or one stent. doesn't make much difference, but he might have gotten multiple. I'm not sure to be accurate. But clearly he had a blockage. He wasn't feeling well. He had a blockage. They found it. They put the stent in. My point was, in saying that I had a stent, was that I was saying that you can come back quickly from that. You can can go back and do activities within 48 hours. So he's been able to coach. That was my point. Somehow it got reported after I said that in a podcast that I had been sick. I had that stent in, put in for accuracy a year and a half ago. It was found in a regular test. You know, we did my regular, you know, you go and get your regular tests every year, battery tests, which I get, including stress EKGs and everything else and all the battery tests that you get when, you know, you're now in your 60s. And They wanted to do an Andrew Graham. They did. Dr. Sloppins, who's a close friend and, and you know, the premier guy on the, for, for that kind of uh, surgery, uh, you know, anywhere in the country. Uh, he's the head of cardiology at St. Francis, which is one of the top heart hospitals, in, you know, in the world. And uh, he's 
my physician, and he's, like I said, a close personal friend, and he said, let's do an angiogram and take a look. If I don't like something, I'll fix it. Well, he didn't like something, so he put a stent in. And so I've had a stent in for a year and a half. The one, you know, the one thing you do with a stent is you uh, have to take blood thinner. You have to take a blood thinner. So I take that, which I hadn't before, but, you know, then that's just a... Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Keeps going, so you got to get a septic pencil and just you know, always have one of those because if you nick yourself shaving, it bleeds forever. But other than that, there's no real drawbacks. Uh, But uh, self will be okay. But people have been sending me, "I hope you're okay." Gee, I didn't know you was. I'm not. Thank God, knock on wood. This was a year and a half ago, so I wanted to clear that up because I don't know if it was reported that way. Because it seemed to me the reaction I was getting was that people thought I just got it now. I didn't. I got it a long time. I got it a year and a half ago. So I just wanted to clear that up. And I hope Bill's doing well. All right, let's get the emails. Remember, Mike Francis, a podcast at gmail.com. We're going to have NCAA tournament stuff every single day. This is a great couple of days. I, I made this point in a lot of places, but it's very true. College basketball is a mess. College sports are a mess. They've never been in worse shape. College basketball is so screwed up, it's a disaster. The portal system is a, is a farce. What's going on in the sport is a joke. The court case that led to them paying the players, the promotional money is a disaster. Um, but this sport, which is a total train wreck for 17 days, puts forth a, an event that is perfect. That is virtually perfect, which is an incredible event that is exciting, wall-to-wall action. And the bulk of this tournament, the, the heartbeat of this tournament, is Thursday and Friday, where you're going to play 32 games. You're going to play virtually half this tournament in the next two days. 16 games today, 16 games tomorrow. Nothing like it. Nothing like it. And then you got eight more Saturday and eight more Sunday. You'll have played 48 games by Sunday night. The Sweet 16 becomes very much a basketball tournament. This, for the next four days, is a national event. That America, I mean, over 100 million brackets are filled out. Wherever you go, you hear about it. It stops traffic. I mean, it is really a wonderful event the next couple of days and the four days of it like i said after that it becomes it becomes an, a sporting event but this is something special these next four days and i always look forward to it now mike friends has a podcast at gmail.com to send your emails on this uh, very very busy very very busy sports day and that's what it is right now an exceedingly busy uh, sports day uh, with so much, so much going on. All right. Let's get to it. Here we go. All right. Mike asks, have you been watching the baseball classic? Uh, I don't like the baseball classic. I don't watch it. I have to admit, my kids like it. They watch it, but I don't like it. 
I really don't. I don't like it. I don't. I think it's manipulative. I don't think it should be uh, played now. I know it can't be played in the postseason, but I don't like it now. And and having an injury like it has yesterday to me takes all the life out of it. Um, uh, how would you compare Rodgers coming to the Jets now in comparison to Favre coming to the Jets in 2008? Um, I think Rodgers has more to offer. Now, the Jets got off to a very good start that year. They were very divided on whether they wanted him. Woody wanted Favre in the worst way. A lot of guys in the organization didn't. It was a lot for them to handle. He got off to a good start, and then they fell apart late. But uh, I think Rodgers has more to offer and I think right now, where this team is, it really, really has a lot more to offer. Uh, Rodgers has a lot more to offer than Favre did at the time. Favre didn't really have his heart on coming here. He really wanted to go to the Vikings. He used the Jets from that standpoint. Um, I think that when... The time comes to take the field. I think Rodgers will have very much bought in, very much bought in uh, to the whole thing and could be a special player for them. A very, very special player. All right, let's see what else we have here. Um... In recent years, it seems like the Yankees and Red Sox rivalry has diminished. Uh, do you think the Yankees-Astros rivalry has overtaken Yankees-Red Sox? Well, the Red Sox are down right now. There's nothing that compares to the Yankee-Red Sox rivalry. It's innate. It's, it, it has, it's inbred in, in, in people. Uh, it has uh, its own life. It will never diminish. But it does sometimes, when one team is down, it does get lessons. And right now, beating the Astros is very much on the Yankees' minds, and they will be the roadblock for the Yankees that the Red Sox aren't right now. So that's why it's very different. Um, uh, Brad and Queens, you once said you used to watch the Oscars, then you lost interest and stopped. Did you watch this year? I did. I like to watch the Oscars, but the Oscars is not anywhere near what it used to be. And you can tell by the ratings. And also, a lot of people don't go to the theater anymore. You know, that's what Top Gun Maverick did. It brought them back to the theaters. It really did. Um, that was a big positive. Uh, but the business has changed. You know, we watch movies now on Prime and, and on Netflix. It's a different world. And the Oscars is clearly a different program. It doesn't have anywhere near the pizzazz. Uh, Phil in Jersey, I like the uh, Waller trade for the Giants. Uh, do you think he needs more weapons? Yeah, he does need more weapons. He needs a good wide receiver. But Waller was a really good pickup for the Giants. I think it's a distinct, distinct positive. Jack and Darian, do you see a future coaching role for Patrick Ewing? No. No. I, I, I mean, he wants to be an assistant in the NBA. He could be one. 
He could definitely work with the big men. He can be an assistant. I don't think he'll ever be a head coach again. I think that was his shot. And unfortunately, you know, he had the one moment of glory when they won the Big East. But uh, other than that, it really was not very good. Okay? It it really wasn't in, in any way. Uh, it was a disaster the last couple of years. And Georgetown has to dig out from under. So I don't think there's any real coaching future for him uh, in any way. Um, I wanted to save this for last because, as you know, Joe Pepitone died the other day. And I knew Pepe very well. Yankee fans who are old enough to remember Pepe as a player, but also what a character he was. He was one of the first real baseball mavericks. But if you remember how he started, he was unbelievable as a player. He could have been a really special player had he had his head screwed on right. You know, he came to the Yankees at the time where the Yankees were diminishing as a franchise, where baseball was changing. The Yankees were no longer in charge of signing anybody they wanted. There was now going to be a draft. Uh, They were going to keep players away from the Yankees, and the Yankees were bottoming out as an aging uh, franchise. He was a slick first baseman, and the Yankees traded Muscarin so that they opened up first base for Pepe. Later, Pepe went to the outfield with the Yankees, and he was a a really good outfielder who had an incredible throwing arm. They put Pepe in the outfield one day when I was there for a doubleheader. He threw three guys out on the base pass in the doubleheader. He had an incredible throwing arm. And he was as slick a first, base, first baseman as you could ever find. He was a great fielding first baseman. I mean great. Um, he was a character. He had a quick bat, pull hitter, quick bat. You know, had some very good productive years, then went to the Cubs, bounced around. You know, after he left the Yankees, he really wasn't the same guy. I mean, he had some good years early on. If you go back, you know, in 63, he had 27 homers. In 64, when the Yankees went to the World Series, he had 28 homers and 100 RBIs. In 66, he had 31 homers. Uh, In 69, he had 27 homers. Then he went to the National League, played a couple of years, never had the same, never had the same uh, deal. I don't think he was ever happy, you know, leaving. Bounced around a little bit. You know, hit, hit a bunch of home runs, had 200 home runs in his career, had some good years, could have been a better player than he was. Obviously, he was a character with the hair, with the hair dryers, you know, going out, you know, just being, you know, a bon vivant, being around town, you know, the whole thing. Um, but Brooklyn born, and one of the real good guys, I mean, I think about Pepe, he always, when I'd see him on any of the events or charity events or anything else, he'd always make you laugh because, you know, Dog and I both had a very good relationship with him. He'd come on the show. He'd tell stories. Uh, he really was a one of a kind. 
you look at his career and you say, ah, hey, he hit 258, he hit 200 home runs, he was an okay player. He could have been better than that. And he was just a little ahead of his time in the off-the-field antics of players and stuff like that. Um, when I think of Pepe, I always smile. I always do. He will be missed. Born in 1940. Long life. He had his ups and downs on and off the field. But he was a Yankee. And a real character. So, uh, you know, may he may he rest in peace. He's, he was he was very different. Very different. Uh, like I said, when you think of Pepe and you're old enough to have seen him, I think you have a smile on your face when you think of his career or you think about him and his antics and everything else. Died the other day at the age of 82. Uh, condolences to his uh, family and friends, and uh, God bless him. But he was one of a kind. He really was. Joe Pepitone. We'll see you later. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey, it's Mike Miss here. What a time to be a Philly sports fan, and you can share the excitement with me each week on the Mike Missinelli Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Listen and subscribe to the Mike Missinelli Podcast today, wherever you get your podcasts.